we've tried just emailing, we tried just LinkedIn, we've tried, um, I had people just calling leads to before and it, nothing works as better than doing all of the above because you don't know what channel, which prospect likes to communicate in. Welcome to Pipelineology, the business-to-business -business podcast for agencies, consultants, coaches, and businesses looking to build a pipeline of hot prospects ready to buy their products and services. Never wonder where your next client is coming from. To learn more about our strategies, services, and for resources on building your sales pipeline, visit Pipelineology.com. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pipelineology. I'm your host, Gary Ruplinger, and today I am joined by the founder of Outbound Advantage, B2B uh, appointment setting, marketing, and sales expert, Matt Fabrico. Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm excited. As I said before we started recording here, that every time I talk to you, I feel like I'm learning something new about the cutting edge of just B2B prospecting and getting appointments because I know you are out there testing stuff all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, really excited to get you on about, well, cold email and processes. But before that, uh, for anybody who's not familiar with you or your company, can you give us a little bit of background about uh, yourself? Sure. Um been in business and doing this for about four years now. Um, we probably started off like everybody else five years ago, um, doing Facebook ads, run, trying to run an agency, sell to chiropractors, dentists, things like that. Um, had a partner doing that. We went our separate ways. I was kind of the guy that was getting appointments, bringing on clients. So I figured I was pretty good at it. So four years ago, I decided to start an outbound agency, uh, helping B2B companies generate appointments um get high quality appointments on their calendar we've transitioned a bunch of times to make the service better and better um we're currently working with a bunch of clients now bringing on tons of appointments we're incorporating new systems every single day uh we work with companies that are usually um somewhere at from 800,000 to 10 million uh they have a product or service that's worth at least 10,000, I would say a primary, most of our companies are technologies and SaaS companies uh, for the most part, as well as we're getting into the industrial sectors now. Um, we feel that there's a huge opportunity there that we can really help them as well. Perfect. For any B2B company, really, um, there's different techniques though, right? So this is where a lot of people I feel get it wrong, where they, they use some, if they're targeting local businesses, there's a different approach than you're taking when you're reaching out to a company that's doing 50 million a year, or if they're doing 500 million a year, there's a different approach that you want to take. So um, it's really for anybody who's doing B2B, you just want to adjust your approach for your target market. That's very interesting. So when it comes to, I guess, if you want to kind of jump into like the, the cold email side of it anyway, before we even get started, I know you kind of mentioned there's that you don't, you don't just start sending emails and say, Hey, I, I want to send emails today. Can you kind of walk us through what, what a process looks like if somebody says, 
yeah, I'm, I want to do kind of an outreach campaign. I want to use cold email. What do, how do you get started with something like that? Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely don't want to do that. I mean, a lot of people, they'll find a template on Google and just blast that template out to <laughs> a bunch of people and get no results and think cold email doesn't work. Um, so that's not the case. It's any sort of outbound campaign. You want to start with a market research phase. So you want to find out your buyer persona, ideal customer profile, people who you're reaching out to, figure out their pains, wants, desires, and then you want to figure out how your solutions could bridge that gap. And you could do this in a couple of different ways. The best ways that we found um, through the, doing that market research is really looking at job boards. So if you're going after VPs operations uh, in the manufacturing sector, you just look for VPs operations job boards in the operations sector, um, in the manufacturing sector, I mean, and look at their day-to-day -day roles, see commonalities there, see what they're doing, and then you basically see how your product or service can help them um, with their day-to-day -day activities and help their company grow. So that's, that's where you always want to start. That's before anything, this is where 90% of the people miss the boat and it's grueling tasks. I know people hate doing it, but it's the most important piece. <laughs> so you're using the, the job boards to figure out what, um, what the messaging should, should be like or what's going to be relevant to that person? Right, yeah. So you want to figure out, you use those job boards to figure out, you know, what their day-to-days are and what their company's expecting of them. You're going to find, you want to look at a bunch of them, right? And you want to find commonalities there. Um, and then you want to figure out how your product or service can basically bridge that whole gap. And it don't have to just be job boards, LinkedIn profiles, um, Google searches, um, a great tool, Crystal Knows. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically a Google plugin that had, that builds disk profiles on each person. It get, gathers a bunch of information and it lets you know how they like to be approached, if they're introverted, extroverted, and basically um, a whole bunch of things about them. And then you could also find commonalities there. So now are you also kind of using those, those job listings to figure out the right roles to contact or do you have the, the role you want to target in mind when you do this, when you're looking at the job boards? Or do you kind of use that to let you determine, here's what we're offering to somebody. Now I got to find the right person to reach at these companies. Right. So there is, you want to build your ideal customer profile first, right? So you want to find the market, company sizes, the industries that you want to go after first. And then from there is the buyer persona piece where each, there's, there's different titles inside of those companies that you can probably reach out to but you can help them all in a different way. So you wanna look them all up and you wanna create different, you're not, your messaging is gonna be way different to the CIO than to the CTO, because I'm sure you can help them in different ways, even though your service or product does the same thing, right? But I'm sure you can reach out to them in different ways. Now, there is a caveat to this where, um, you know, there's, I know there's certain people that you might be listening that reach out to local companies. There's, so there, there's usually in local companies, you're only reaching out to the owner. So it's a big difference. It, that's why the, the outreach campaign for those people will be completely different to companies as a, like that are larger. 
Okay, so you got to take a very customized approach to just depending on who you're reaching out to to get results. 100%, yeah. Okay, so that's why that's why we don't just go to YouTube and find whatever the first cold email template that's out there is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, <laughs> and first of all, that person probably saw that email a thousand times <laughs> if it's out there. Um, but yeah, templates are good to take the frameworks from them. So templates are great, but you want to, you don't want to use it word for word. What you want to do is take the frameworks um, and then put your own basically copy inside of those frameworks. So do you have suggestions on the types of messaging that can be effective um, or kind of frameworks as you're thinking about who you're going to reach out to, to kind of figure out what to say? Yeah. So, um, I mean, for our first message, each message is a little bit different, but the first message is usually pretty similar to every single person. Obviously the messaging is different, but the framework is the same. So it's high first name. We add, we usually add a personalized snippet in there, which is something we found that's personal to them. Um, and it makes, it makes the reason why we're reaching out to better as well. What a lot of people don't realize in cold emails, people see that first line. So that helps the open rates as well. A lot of people just look at the subject line, but it's the first line as well that helps get uh, increase those open rates. Um, from there, we either go into a question where a question to capture their attention, or we'll go right into a value statement where we're always focusing on outcomes. Never talk about your product. Never talk about the benefits of your service in the email. Nobody wants to list the benefits. They only want an outcome you can provide. So focus on the end result that your product will provide. And I guarantee just with that, you'll get great, better results. And then from there, we usually have a call to action. And then sometimes for some of our clients in the PS section, we might add a credibility statement. Um, we, we add different things in the PS section, but sometimes we can add a credibility statement saying, hey, we just like, like we've just helped a company similar to yours. You wanna name that company, uh, get X result. And this kind of says, hey, we help them get the result. You look exactly like them. We can help you get to that same place. Wow, that's, that's actually really, really good stuff. So, I mean, everybody listening at home, go, go back about two minutes and just write, take some notes down. I, I know I was there on, on how to kind of approach that. So you said you're also, you're, you're not just sending one message. You're sending a, a sequence of messages, right? Correct. Yeah. And I think, I know we spoke a little before the call, we um, do a little bit more than just cold emailing. So, um, but yeah, typically we, for e just the email alone, we're sending six to eight messages. And I know a lot of people stop at four um, because they think four is the magic number for some reason. But uh, I mean, we sent millions and millions of emails and I know expert other experts before me who send millions of emails and little do you know the uh, one third of positive replies come from message five through eight especially when you're reaching out to somebody in a business development role so if you're reaching out to an owner somebody who's trying to grow revenue you want to reach out to them more so how how are you keeping that many messages to, to the same person out of spam 
how to spend, oh, we have a whole deliverability team. That's, um, <laughs> we can have a whole interview just on deliverability, but pretty much um, you have to have similar activity. You want to start out, you want to have obviously the obvious SPF, DKIM, uh, DMARC setup, where we use G Suite. We, um, the platforms that we use, we use Lemlist and we are, we're using, we're on their beta, but we're also using reply.io for some campaigns as well. And the reason for that is because we do a multi-touch sequence on different platforms. But to get back to your question, deliverability, it's really just engagement. So Gmail wants to see that your emails are being opened and read and replied to. So uh, we have a whole team that's sending and replying to emails. Lemlist does this, by the way, they have a Lemworm feature that's pretty good. Um, but we actually have our own team that does that just because we like to send, we send value. So um, it's really all about engagement at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And you, you want to ramp up to, I didn't want to leave that out. You don't want to go out and just send 200 emails day one. You want to start slow. First of all, you don't even want to do that anyway, because you want to make sure your messaging is working. Um, this is another thing that I see a lot where people will just send out 200 or 500 emails, not even knowing if their message is resonating yet. So you want to ramp it up little by little, and that'll help your deliverability as well. Uh, that's, uh, you're sharing some great golden nuggets here. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who's, who's looking at this saying, okay, that's, that's the sound, that sounds great. What are some of the. What should somebody expect if they're they're going out to doing this and to say, yeah, this these these are the elements that make a successful campaign. These are the benchmarks we're looking at versus this isn't working. Are there certain expectations that somebody should you know kind of go in prepared for so like so they kind of know? Um, yeah, I mean it depends on your market um, as well, right? So obviously, if you're going to reach out to a smaller smaller companies, um, your response rate. I could imagine it's going to be a little bit, well, actually, let me take that back. It depends on the industry as well. So there's a whole bunch of factors that go into, into this. <laughs> um, I don't want to mislead anybody, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but expectations, um, benchmarks that we like to go for our clients is we like to see a 2 to 3% meeting the book ratio, which means if we add 100 contacts to that campaign, we want at least two to three appointments booked. Um, and that's for our clients. Um, after, after a certain amount of time, we want to increase that. But for what we have, we have a pilot plan. That's our main goal for the pilot is to get that 2 to 3%. And then we try to look to see if there's ways to increase that. Um, and then we can start ramping up the campaign from there. But I would, I would definitely, in the beginning, you have to test a bunch of things. I wouldn't expect two to 3% off the bat. Um, even when you do your homework really well, there's still, you're gonna get feedback from the market. So look at your replies, even the negative replies. Um, sometimes there's ways, things that you can look at inside of those replies and you can use that for your next campaign to get a better response rate. That's, that's pretty, that's great. So I know you go beyond cold email you've uh, I, I know we were kind of talking about this a little earlier is that 
you don't you don't just rely on cold email to get results, especially to kind of keep things consistently producing. Right. You have a a really a really impressive multi-touch uh, approach. I've seen some of your flowcharts that you shared. So, could you kind of touch on, I guess, what what that looks like? How you go beyond the cold email? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we we added multi-touches. We've tried everything, and with the multi-touch, just to let you know, just to give you some uh, numbers. We saw eleven hundred percent percent increase in the amount of appointments booked. Oh wow! A huge increase. Um, off of just from just cold email. So uh, we added multi-touches. So after we get the list, I can give you a picture. After we get the list of prospects, we, you can do one or two things. Um, you can add them to, you could take that list, the emails and put them in ad roll, start a retargeting campaign. At the same time, <clears throat> go out and find those people on LinkedIn, start engaging with their posts, things like that. Let them just start recognizing your name and then send your first email, make it personalized, um, make sure it's personalized so you're standing out. You don't have to personalize the whole email. There's, there's a whole conversation about that as well. There's, you know, there's a really targeted campaign. If you have whales that you wanna go after that are you know, multi six and seven figure deals, then you wanna personalize every single message and if you have a really small market. But if you're going after a bunch of smaller deals, you know, $10,000, $15,000, I would create a really targeted campaign, segment each um, buyer persona and create a different campaign for each buyer persona and then start the first email campaign. So you'll run the first email, uh, let it go out. A couple of days, there's no response. You can follow up with the second email. If there's still no response, then you try to connect with them on LinkedIn, referencing that you tried to send them an email and you tried to, you know, so they, they might go back to the email now and look at the email and respond to it just because you wrote them that LinkedIn message. We've seen that happen. Or they might, they'll, you have a higher connection rate on LinkedIn because now they, they feel like it's a little bit more personal than just your, your generic connection um, template that you would use. Um, from there, if there's still no response, call them. Most of the times you're going to get the voicemail, right? Leave them a voicemail. Hey, we sent you an email and a LinkedIn connection request uh, mentioning the outcomes you know, that you provide, focus on the value proposition. What happens there, they don't call you back, but they will go back and look at the email. So it all kind of works together. So that's why we take multi-touches. Um, we do a really multi-touch approach. Then we'll send, we'll create a generic, even video template uh, email for each persona as well. So it'll feel like it's really targeted and specific to them. Um, put that in the sequence. We'll send them an in-mail. And you're just reaching out on multiple platforms, right? Because different people like to communicate in different ways. So some people might respond to the text. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the email. Some people might respond to LinkedIn. Some might respond to the in-mail. And it's just kind of what we're seeing. And it all works. We realize it all works together. And watch, I, I guarantee if you just add that voicemail piece, I guarantee your, um, your email open rate will skyrocket just from that because you can have more people going back to the email just to look at it. So just literally just kind of pick up the phone, get, send, give them a call and leave a voicemail? Yeah, or we have an automated. So uh, we, we, you also can put them right into a voicemail drop. If we have the ability, we find uh, mobile numbers so and direct line numbers where it just leaves them a voicemail.
could do it. You could really do it either way. Yeah. So I, as you're, as you're saying all this and you don't have to give away your, your secret sauce here, but how are you keeping track of all of this to, to do that? You could do this all in reply.io. You could do it. Um, Lemless new beta feature. They have multitask now. Um, sales loft, outreach, all those tools that allow you to create those campaigns and stay on top of it. Oh, wow. So there's, there's literally a, a tool tools out there to help you really do this, this type of multi-touch outreach. hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't mind giving it all away. Cause if you like doing this eight hours a day, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> um, but, one other tip that I have for that multi-touch campaign is uh, once somebody connects with you on LinkedIn, don't send them a text. Uh, pick up your phone and go to the LinkedIn app and send a, um, an audio message. It, you'll see a lot higher um, response rate from that just as well. Because you can't do it from your computer. You have to do it from the app, the LinkedIn app. But you'll see a great um, response rate from that. Oh, that's, that, isn't, that is really, really cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Before we uh, we jumped down here, you were talking about um, SDR teams or sales development uh, representatives. I, I'm getting that acronym right, right? Correct. Yeah. SDR, okay. BDR. Mm-hmm. Some people call them different things. So. Yeah, I know. I know. When I worked in automotive, we called ours BDC, uh, Business Development Center. So yeah, everybody's okay. a little, little yeah. different, a little bit different lingo. But <laughs> uh, so you're you're building these teams then to do this outreach. Correct. So this isn't like, it sounds like you got a lot of tools that help run it along, but I'm also hearing a lot of actual human personalized touch points in there to get these results. You have to, yeah, you have to have a human element in there. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a couple people working one campaign. We have one person getting the data. Um, you know, we have one person actual running the campaign day to day, replying, getting appointments on the calendar. And then... Um, we have callers as well. So what what are what are typical results you see from the campaigns you're running then? And I, I'm sure it varies from from industry to industry. But are there any, you know, on on average, you see this many you know booked appointments or anything like that from this whole multi-touch system? Yeah, I mean, I can give you our numbers because I have, I know it like the back of my hand. So I mean, if we send we add a hundred contacts to the campaign, we're booking for four to five appointments. Um, and it's not off of the first message. So a lot of people get this wrong. It's over the course of a campaign. So 14 different touches over three months, we're seeing around four to five meetings. So there's a lot of follow-up that goes into it. So a lot of people, they'll send the first message and they won't get anything. And that's not your, um, your book ratio. The book ratio is over the whole campaign. So I'm hearing is is persistence, persistence, persistence on on outreach. Yeah, definitely. Um, now you have to be careful with this as well, though, because uh, we target business development people, right? So they are used to outreach. They probably do outreach themselves. They respect outreach, so they don't mind being more aggressive. They actually appreciate it as long as you're coming in with value that you can add to them, right? A lot of people thank us for reaching out and following up, but there's different roles now in different companies, right? So if you're reaching out to a technical person, I wouldn't be as aggressive. I would still follow up, but I wouldn't, I would wait a longer period between messages because they're technical people that are not 
usually sales guys, they're not used to being, you know, on the phone as well. They usually want to read something before you book an appointment. So there's different approaches pre-trial. So you really have to give a, give thought to who I kind of, like you said at the beginning is what that avatar of that person looks like. Exactly. To, it all comes to, back to market research. <laughs> That'll be the most important piece of the, the, the campaign. So do, so do your homework. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, this is, this is great. I mean, these are, these are some amazing kind of tips you've given here so far. Uh, what else should I be asking you? Like what, what else should somebody know about this, this type of thing? Um, there's a really a lot that goes into it. Um, for just, I know this is more, you want to focus a little bit more on email. Um, deliverability is probably the main factor. Um, you want to make sure that you're delivering. I know spam filters got really strict over the last 12 months. We saw it too. That's why we have a deliverability team now um, to make sure that we're inboxing and we're maintaining 50, 60, 70% open rates across board. Um, so you want to focus on that, make sure that you have something in place. Like I said, it's about engagement, whether you create that engagement yourself, you try out Lemless, the Lemwarm feature. There's other tools out there like Mailwarm that'll do this for you. Um, you want to test out those things. So that's probably one thing I would focus on. And the second major tip that I can give is focus on outcomes. Um, uh, keep focus on the outcomes of the people that you're reaching out to. You got to remember if you're reaching out to a, you know, a director of technology and your solution helps with something increasing revenue, he's probably not going to be super intrigued by that. So you might want to come at a different angle and figure out how you can help them in some sort of way or just change your buyer persona. Well, that's great. So uh, Matt, I really, really kind of appreciate you doing this. If there's somebody out there who says, you know, I, I needed a system like this. I need a multi-touch, a outreach campaign. Um, how should somebody get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, you can go to our website and book a call, which is outboundadvantage.com. Take a look at our videos first. Um, we can't help everybody. We're, we're being a little bit more picky about who we're selecting as clients now. Um, we're kind of revamped things. We, if you have a product or service, at least 10,000 in value, um, you have a sales process in place or a B2B company, um, then we could probably figure out something and your market has to be big enough as well. Um, if you have a really specific market, we normally, we don't really do complete ABM strategies, account-based strategies. So um, we, want, we want their market to be a little bit bigger. So just keep that in mind if you do want to reach out to us. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great. Well, again, thank, thanks so much for coming on, Matt. I, I really appreciate you doing this, kind of sharing this. I got a, I have a page full of notes already too myself. So great. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing. I'm going to gonna have to get you on the show again to Talk about some of these other things. Like I said, every time I talk to you, learn learning something new. So <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks, Matt. Uh, take care and uh, have a great rest of your day. All right, you as well. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Pipelineology podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.